The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome back to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And just listening to the show start up, I talk about your secrets to living your best life. And if you're listening right now, this is a show you want to hear about living your best life. I have with me a guest, someone I greatly admire. I had the great fortune of meeting him a few months ago. And I'm not going to lie, I was blown away. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Dr. Michael Greger is a founding member and a fellow of American College of Lifestyle Medicine. He's a physician. He's a New York Times bestselling author of a very incredible book we'll talk about today. An internationally recognized speaker on nutrition, food safety, and public health issues. He's lectured at the Conference on World Affairs, testified before Congress, and he was an expert witness in the defense of Miss Oprah Winfrey in the infamous meat defamation trial. He's a graduate of Cornell University School of Agriculture and Tufts University School of Medicine, and he currently serves as the Public Health Director at the Humane Society of the United States. Now, his latest book is called How Not to Die, which became an instant New York bestseller, and he also... Um, has a website uh, called nutritionfacts.org with videos and articles uploaded every day on, you know, health and wellness and how to eat. So first of all, an incredible gratitude. You're a very busy guy. Thank you so much for coming on to Straight Talk, Dr. Greger. So excited to be here. He's also very funny, as you will see. Um, now, Dr. Gregor, I want to start by asking a little bit about you. Um, I was very taken by you. Um, I found that not only are you brilliant, which is lovely, but uh, you are extremely generous and you stayed after every lecture to answer every question of every person. And from what I understand, you go through every English language nutrition journal every year looking for a groundbreaking science so that we don't have to. So... I mean, that's pretty extraordinary. How did this start to happen? Tell me. Well, uh, I mean, in terms of my story, I, I was just, it was really all my grandmother. I was just a kid when the uh, doctor sent my grandma home in a wheelchair to die. Uh, she was diagnosed with end-stage heart disease. Uh, already had so many bypass operations. nothing more they could do. Confined in a wheelchair, crushing chest pain. Her life was over at age 65. And then she was watching 60 Minutes of all TV shows. And uh, saw the story about this guy, Nathan Pritikin, one of our early lifestyle medicine pioneers, became one of his early success stories. He's even featured in Pritikin's biography. Talks about Francis Gregor, my grandma. Um, they wheeled her in. She walked out. Within a few weeks, she was walking 10 miles a day, 
went on, thanks to a healthy diet, was able to live another 31 years on this planet till age 96 to continue to enjoy her six grandkids, including me. That's why I went into medicine, and that's why I practice the kind of medicine I practice today, lifestyle medicine. So for people listening, what does lifestyle medicine mean? Not everybody knows that term. Sure. Lifestyle medicine is using lifestyle approaches like dietary change, not just to prevent disease, but to treat and reverse it as well. The good news is, is that we have tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors. So I guess after the experience with your grandmother and as you studied medicine, it just confirmed to you that she was not a fluke situation. It was not a fluke that she, you know, turned. I mean, that's a pretty incredible story. She was at end stage and she turned things around. I guess as you went through your career, it became more and more apparent from what I understand that actually we have a huge role in our health and the possibility to prevent, as you say, death or dying of a horrible death. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, a few years later, Dr. Dean Ornish published in the most prestigious medical journal in the world, The Lancet, uh, summer 1990, uh, the, uh, the so-called lifestyle heart trial, where he proved, uh, using something called quantitative angiography, proved that indeed you could reverse heart disease with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors, opening up arteries without drugs, without surgery, um, uh, yet, when I was shocked to find out in medical school that this entire uh, body of evidence was largely ignored by mainstream medicine. So I said, wait a second, if effectively the cure to our number one killer, heart disease, could get lost down some rabbit hole and ignored, what else might there be buried in the medical literature that could help my patients? Well, I made it my life's mission to find out. That's what led me to start nutritionfacts.org, and that's what led me to write the new book, How Not to Die. Okay, so firstly, we're definitely talking about becoming plant-based for these uh, medical issues. So I guess the first question is, how did that happen for you? Were, you weren't always plant-based, I'm sure. Uh, no, I mean, it was actually, uh, um, I was inspired um, by my grandma's story, but actually didn't change my own diet. I just kind of assumed, well, that's the diet you go. That's a therapeutic diet. Mm. Um, you know, you know, uh, you know. And so, if you get sick, that's what you do. Just like you take a medicine, you take a particular diet. And so, I didn't change my own diet until July 1990, published in the Lancet, Doctor Ornish's Lifestyle Heart Trial. There it was in black and white. Could no longer be ignored. Preventing, treating, reversing heart disease with lifestyle alone. I said, well, look, I mean, you know, that's, uh, I've got things I want to do on this planet. Um, and so uh, I want to live as long as I possibly can in good health. And so, uh, so what, uh, 26 years ago, I changed my, di- my own diet and uh, never looked back. Never looked back. So is that, that journey of 26 years what inspired you to write this book, How Not to Die? Well, it was this, it was the lack of, uh, of acknowledgement of this mountain of evidence. You know, uh, doctors have a severe nutrition deficiency in education. You know, most doctors never taught the impact health and nutrition can have on the course of illness. And so they graduate without this powerful tool in their medical toolbox. Um, uh, there are also institutional barriers, time constraints, lack of reimbursement, and general doctors aren't paid for counseling people on how to take better care of themselves. 
course, the drug companies also play a role in influencing medical education and practice. You can ask your doctor, when's the last time they were taken out to dinner by Big Broccoli? Probably been a while. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there was just, like, so there was this t- a tremendous body of evidence, yet it wasn't translating into public policy, into people's lives. And I, I, I kind of draw a parallel to smoking in the 50s. You know, by the 50s, we already had literally decades of science, starting in the 30s, linking smoking with lung cancer, but it was ignored because smoking was normal. Most doctors themselves smoked. Average per capita cigarette consumption, 4,000 cigarettes a year, meaning the average American smoked half a pack a day. American Medical Association was reassuring everyone smoking in moderation was actually good for you. Um, So there was this tremendous disconnect between the science and public policy. It took more than 25 years, 7,000 studies before the first Surgeon General's report came out against smoking in the 60s. So until the system changes, we need to take personal responsibility for our own health, for our family's health. We can't wait until society catches up to the science again because it's a matter of life and death. Wow, well said. So it's hard to believe you're saying that we were told smoking was good for us for a long time. Like we're told now that milk and meats does the body good. That's your analogy. It's the same thing where the science is clear. The best available balance of evidence clearly suggests that the healthiest diet is one that minimizes the intake of meat, eggs, dairy, and processed junk and maximizes the intake of fruits, vegetables, legumes, which are beans, split peas, chickpeas, and lentils, whole grains, nuts and seeds, mushrooms, herbs and spices, basically real food that grows out of the ground. These are our healthiest choices. There's a remarkable consistency in the nutrition science literature. Um, uh, The public needs and deserves to know about this overwhelming global consensus in the science regarding the core elements of healthy living, yet, unfortunately, it doesn't translate out um, to medical practice. Um, you know, uh, you know, most doctors used to smoke. Well, most doctors today continue to eat foods that are contributing to our epidemic of dietary diseases. Look, uh, the World Health Organization last year classified processed meats like bacon, ham, hot dogs, sausage as a group one carcinogen. That's the highest class, meaning we are as sure processed meat causes cancer in human beings than we are that smoking and asbestos and radiation causes cancer, yet people continue to send their kids to school, um, uh, you know, with these products. I mean, this is something that, uh, I mean, that could only happen because of these commercial interests, which are trying to suppress the dissemination of this science for decades now. Well, you brought up something there that really touched something in me because, you know, I have this problem since I've met you. My entire family definitely became plant-based. My little one, the five-year-old, is still in a school that serves these kinds of foods. And I find, I mean, he's about to leave that school, so this problem's solved. But I'm sure many people listening have the same question. What are we supposed to do with these schools? I mean, we, we send our kids to school. It's You know, sometimes when you're the parent saying, no, I don't want my kid to eat that, that becomes a very big challenge as well. So how do we make this, like, that's why I wanted you on the show. How do we get this across at our schools? I don't want the school serving food like this, but I don't know, like, how to get that across. And I know certainly your book is going to be a very big help for people. And that's why we have to keep spreading the word. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Well, I mean, the first, there just has to be a general acknowledgement of the science within political sphere. So, 
you know, if you go to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website, they should very explicitly say, look, processed meat, these are, this is what I mean by processed meats, uh, deli slices, turkey slices, all these, you know, bologna, salami. These, food, these have been determined by the world's authority on what is and is not cancer-causing to cause cancer, to increase the risk of cancer. That is all we need is just for them to acknowledge the truth. If you go back in history, the year that smoking peaked in the United States is 1964. Every year has been going down since. Tremendous public health victory. What happened in 1964? The science didn't change. All that happened was the Surgeon General uh, came out with their first report um, saying, just saying, look, smoking is bad for you. Smoking causes cancer. Um, and it was just the acknowledgement. Nothing changed except they had 7,000 studies before that. they finally came out and said it. But 1964, they said it. And look, some people continue to smoke to this day. It's your body. It's your choice. Do whatever you want. Go bungee jumping. It's completely up to you. But you should make these decisions consciously, educating yourself yes. about the predictable consequences of your actions. Yes, so we've got to get the word out. And in terms of the school system, I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking to you, do I bring them your book? Like, what do I do? You know, and I'm talking for every parent in this situation. I'm not alone. Well, I mean, uh, there's uh, been a tremendous movement on, in the grassroots for these healthy initiatives like Meatless Mondays programs. And so some of the biggest school systems in the country now participate. For example, um, LA Unified, um, which I believe is the largest school system in the country, every Monday there's no meat in the cafeteria. Wow. No meat at all. And their, their hope is to cut down meat consumption to 15%, you know, one day out of the week at least. Um, uh, for this meal at lunch, they just don't serve it. What do they sell, serve instead? They serve, you know, bean burritos or whatever they got. I mean, so, and it's a win-win for everyone. It saves money. Um, it's healthier. I mean, it's it's better for the environment. Like, I mean, just kind of on down the list. And so some of the biggest schools, the big school system in, in Florida that's doing, these are not like little, you know, private schools somewhere with, you know, 20 kids. These are massive, massive institutions, you know, uh, you know, which put out tens of thousands of meals every day. And they have re- recognized, um, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, the American Heart Association, all the, you know, mainstream groups, you know, all supporting this public health initiative, which was initially put out by the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, supporting Meatless Mondays. We have to start reducing our meat consumption. So that's a good place to start. You're like, look, the authorities are already behind this. Um, uh, you know, everybody's on board. Some of the most kind of prestigious institutions are supporting this. Here's other school systems that are doing it. Here's the resources um, for how to do it. They'll have um, – there are um, consumer groups. Um, and public health groups that will come to your school system, put on presentations, teach the um, uh, the cafeteria staff how to make these foods, how to source these foods. I mean, the resources are there now, but it does take people, you know, uh, to advocate for that, you know, to, to bring it up at a PTA meeting. We need to have healthy food for healthy kids. Okay, so that brings us to the book. So the book's called How Not to Die, and it talks about the diseases that typically kill North Americans. And I'm wondering what you felt was the, you know, what's the main theme you want people to learn from this book? Because we're talking around this plant-based, so I know I'm familiar with your work, but I'd like to make sure everyone else is. Is the way not to die to go to plant-based eating? And is that what the book shows? 
So uh, it's not how not how to not die. It's how not to die, as in you know prematurely in pain after wrong chronic disabling illness. Right. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, so uh, basically on uh, the website nutritionfacts.org, I've more than a thousand videos, which is great. I cover so many topics. It's a little overwhelming. I do record these annual kind of year in review videos going through the science in 12-month chunks, but I really wanted to compile all the most compelling evidence in one place. So to that end, I have chapters um, on the role diet may play in preventing, arresting, and reversing each of our 15 leading causes of death. Uh, so I just go, you know, chapter how not to die from breast cancer, how not to die from colon cancer, how not to die from Alzheimer's, you know, go on down the list. Um, uh, backed up by about uh, 3,000 scientific citations. But, you know, I didn't want it to just be a reference book. I wanted it to be a kind of a practical guide on translating this mountain of data into, you know, day-to-day kind of grocery store decisions. And that's what became the second half of the book where I centered my recommendations around a a daily dozen checklist Mm -hmm. of all the things that I try to fit into my daily routine. So let's talk about that daily dozen. Um, there's some fantastic apps based on your book uh, on the phone. I have one, and I fill it out daily. What are people supposed to eat in a day? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there are free apps for both iPhone and Android. Android. Um, uh, Dr. Greger's Daily Dozen. Um, and it just, uh, you know, I'm hoping it will be kind of just a, a, a useful reminder to people to get some of the healthiest foods in their diet. So I encourage people to, you know, follow the American Institute for Cancer Research recommendations to get three servings of beans or legumes into people's diets. Um, and so that could be kind of typical, you know, black beans, pinto beans. It could be something like hummus, which is made out of chickpeas um, or, you know, pea soup or lentil soup. Lots of ways you can get your beans in throughout the day. Um, but three servings a day, so, t- so that's like beans every meal, practically. Encourage people to eat a tablespoon of ground flax seeds, a quarter teaspoon of uh, the spiced turmeric, the yellow spice that makes grape powder yellow, um, a serving of berries, the healthiest fruits, a serving of greens, uh, cruciferous vegetables, specifically broccoli family vegetables, um, which are the healthiest type of vegetables. Go through what's the be- best beverages, the best sweeteners, how much exercise. Just kind of go through the list. Um, and again, it's just... Uh, I mean, it's, you know, when I, I'm lucky if I get through half of those when I'm on the road trying to eat at some airport food court. But, you know, it does help people just kind of, you know, when they sit down to meal or they're out at the grocery store, get a sense of what a really healthy diet would look like. So people have to go read your book, that's for sure, because it's chock full of information. But is the bottom line how not to die of these uh, top diseases switching to a plant-based diet? Um, well, yeah, remarkably so. I mean, when I went through, I was surprised to find that, look, it's not like there's a heart-healthy diet, which is somehow different than a brain-healthy diet. No, a liver-healthy diet is a kidney-healthy diet, is a whole body-healthy diet, kind of one diet to rule them all. And it's, it gets a little less shocking when one realizes that many of these diseases all come back to circulation. I mean, so what um, you know, plant-based diets are known for is reversing heart disease, the number one killer of men and women. So, but what is heart disease? Heart disease is just clogging up the arteries that feed the heart muscle. Well, what about the arteries that feed the brain? Um, I mean, that's, I mean, basically a heart attack in the brain is called a stroke. It's the same disease process, except you're just clogging off a part of the brain leading to brain death instead of clogging off part of the heart leading to heart death. 
And so, you know, stroke is another leading killer. It's the fourth leading killer. And but and you say, well, wait a second. How could the same diet help both stroke and heart disease? Because it's the same disease. And we talk about kidney disease. Kidney, kidneys are highly vascular organs. That's why they're so red. Um, when you see them in like the deli case, um, and they are just packed with blood vessels. And so keeping our um, blood flowing, it's no surprise to be so good for kidney health and liver health and peripheral vascular disease and, um, you know, uh, lung health. Um, everything depends on getting oxygen and nutrients to our tissues, getting, away, uh, getting rid of toxic byproducts. So maybe it's not so um, you know, uh, shocking that the same diet in disease after disease is the one best shown to prevent, arrest, and sometimes even reverse their progression. And that is a plant-based diet. Correct. A whole food plant-based diet. I mean, you know, Coca-Cola is made from plants. Um, uh, you know, cotton candy is made from plants. But we're talking about a diet made uh, centered around whole plant foods, unprocessed plant okay. foods. Okay, so I'm glad you said that's one of my questions today because a lot of people don't know what that means. So let's just clarify what unprocessed as a food means. So, I mean, we're thinking of food as grown. I mean, so when you look at something, you should know where it comes from. So much of the food that we buy is what are called ultra-processed foods, meaning it bears absolutely no resemblance to what actually came out of the ground. So you look at a can of soda. Was that from a sugar cane? Was that from a sugar beet? I mean, it has nothing left. Nothing of the original nutrition is left um, after you've so highly processed it into junk. Um, and you can see that kind of across the board. I mean, you look at, you know, uh, you know, uh, like something like Crisco hydrogenated vegetable oil. It has vegetable in the topic, uh, in, the, in the title, but does that look like a vegetable? That's not a vegetable, <laughs> right? Um, and so, you know, ideally, we should, add, we should eat foods that don't have anything bad added and don't have anything good taken away. And so, you know, something like, you know, apples are super healthy, but apple juice, you removed all the fiber, you removed a lot of the, um, the, a lot of the beneficial um, uh, um, components. And so when you look at studies that compare brown rice to white rice or whole wheat to uh, refined flour products or fruit to fruit juice, you see that the benefits are associated with the whole foods and that these processed foods either have neutral, um, uh, either are neutral, meaning they don't have the benefits, or even detrimental to one's health. So that's why it's, it, it's important. It's not just plant versus animal. Um, it's basically whole plant foods versus everything else, versus both uh, processed plant foods as well as processed and unprocessed animal foods. Right. So the idea that animal food would be, let's say, whole doesn't solve the problem. It's better than processed meat, um, just like whole plant foods are better than processed uh, plant foods. But, you know, there, uh, there's no animal food on the planet that has any fiber. You know, plants have fiber to hold them up. Animals have bones to hold them up. It's, completely, it's a completely different animal, no pun intended. Um, okay, so for people who say, well, you know, like the meatless Mondays, I'm going to cut down on my meat, I'm going to cut down on my fish, we'll have to talk about fish too. Um, is that enough? Or does your research show it really has to be a, a full time way of life? Well, I mean, look, any steps people can make, right? Smoking one pack a day is better than two packs a day. And you can actually see differences in lung cancer risk by how much. It's not binary. It's not all or nothing. It's not black or white. You smoke socially at a party, a few cigarettes a year, you know, you probably won't have much 
increased risk. In fact, it would be one would be hard pressed to show any increased risk over people that are strictly non-smoking. Of course, we don't encourage people to smoke anything because they, they might go down that slippery slope and end up smoking a pack a day, which would dramatically, indeed, increase their uh, cancer risk. Um, but look, it's a similar thing. Anything they can do to move away and move along, move away from cigarettes, anything we can do to move along this spectrum towards healthy eating um, uh, would benefit our health. Um, uh, you know, I mean, look, uh, you can choose moderation, hit yourself with a smaller hammer, but, you know, what? why beat yourself up is all. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, as a physician... You know, that's, I, I just, look, here, I just lay out the, um, the potential consequences of one actions. But when it comes to my smoking patients, I don't tell them to cut down a half pack a day. I tell them to quit. Sure, a half pack a day is better than two packs, but ideally we should only put healthy things in our mouth. Okay, so that's well said, and I want to definitely emphasize the fact that what you're saying with this analogy, in your analogy, the meat, the dairy, the processed, and... I guess fish as well, Dr. Greger, I'll check that with you, fall under the category of the smoking or the hammer that you just referred to. Correct. Okay. So cheese is out. But look, it doesn't matter what you eat on holidays or your birthday or special occasions, but on a day-to-day basis, absolutely, day-to-day, we should center our diets around whole plant foods, so cheese is out. Now, some of your followers on Facebook have asked me to ask this question to you. So, Daily Dozen, myself, I have the same problem. Is to get it in, I'm eating many, many times a day. And I've heard through the grapevine that there's the, this is a question that I need to ask you is how many times a day should we be eating? Yeah, it's a lot of food. I mean, that's one of the uh, – you, to eat plant-based, you really got to kind of like food because, <laughs> I um, do. you know, the foods are so calor- uh, calorically dilute that – you know, they, they're they very filling. And so, I mean, if you think, you know, a tablespoon of uh, butter or oil or something, um, some processed food or animal food, you could have 100 calories. You know what 100 calories of strawberries look like? That's a big heaping bowl, 100 calories of tomatoes, 100 calories of broccoli. I mean, that's a lot of food. Um, so because healthy foods tend to, in general, be so calorically dilute, you have to eat a lot. Now, so for some people, that may mean, you know, eating uh, multiple uh, times a day, carrying around snacks, particularly if you're athletic. If you're burning off four or 5,000 calories a day, if you're a swimmer or something, losing a lot of, uh, a lot of that heat to the water, then, you know, you may have to carry around, you know, these really calorically dense plant foods like trail mix, dried fruit, nuts and seeds. Um, you know, doing smoothies, another way to pack in a lot of calories and kind of sneak it uh, by your body in liquid form so it uh, doesn't count it as well. Um, you got to eat a lot of food. And pr- this is particularly important for children. Look, small kids got teeny little tummies. Um, and so, you know, you pa- so for, for, old, for, for us adults, um, you know, food with lots of fiber and water and all this stuff, that's great. But look, if you got a teeny little stomach, then you have to pack in calories. You have to pack in energy. So we're talking nut butters. We're talking, you know, really calorically dense foods to pack in a lot of calories and nutrition in a really small space. Okay, so it's okay that I'm eating pretty much throughout the day now. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay? Can, yeah, well, look, I mean, you, your body will tell you if you're hungry, you eat. I mean, yeah. you, you know, that's what... Uh, 
Okay. That's that's what hunger is for. I, you know, again, I read somewhere that it's like you have it has to be three meals a day. But if I do the daily dozen, that's not fitting into my three meals. So I'm hungry. I'm happy to eat it. I feel good eating it. But I just wanted to make sure that I'm not off track. And I'm sure other people are curious about that. As a matter of fact, I know they are because they wrote to me about that, asking to ask you that question. Yeah. Now, so there's uh, an interesting body of evidence about so-called intermittent fasting. Um, whether or not it's better to compress one's food intake into a certain time period every day. So it's a question, for example, of trying to, this is not like how many meals you have, but when you're eating. And so uh, there's, um, there's uh, so the, 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 the proponents of intermittent fasting suggest one should try to fit all one's eating into eight hours a day. So then every day you're actually fasting 16 hours. You're fasting two-thirds of your life. Um, and so and, and people do that different ways. Either they skip breakfast or they um, eat early and then uh, have an early supper and then don't eat at night. Um, the, now, is that, is, uh, should, is that something we should strive to? That is a research question that I will do a whole series of videos about um, I uh, have a big folder packed with literally hundreds of studies that have put it to the test, and I have yet to, uh, to uh, go through them, but I'm excited to do so because it's an intriguing research question. So um, the answer's out there. I just haven't had a chance to figure it out yet. So it's, uh, you don't know the answer yet, and it's not unequivocal, I guess. Now, maybe it's completely unequivocal. I just haven't looked at the, uh, yeah, I got to read it to find okay. out. <laughs> okay, you're a busy guy. So now you also talk about water in this, and we're going to go into exercise. So water is very important. And I remember you talking about the importance of water, uh, even in kids. And I've been mentioning that, that, you know, I remember you talking about a study of kids drinking water during their school years being important, and certainly for us. Can you say a bit about that? Yeah, it's really amazing. So actually, so a significant boost in test scores. They found out when they actually surveyed kids that a lot of kids don't have any water for breakfast. They arrive at school already dehydrated. And now not dehydrated enough that they'd notice it, but dehydrated enough that actually affects their cognitive function. And that if you randomize kids into two groups and half, you just give a, uh, have them chug a glass of water before taking a test. Those that drink the water do significantly better, which suggests that they were uh, dehydrated, that their body was not working at peak performance, and the answer is simple. Just drink some water. Um, uh, there are also some uh, you know, green tea, herbal tea. There's other healthy beverages to eat, um, but uh, um, water is always a good idea. Now, I know right now, I know for a fact that you are walking on a treadmill as we're talking, aren't you? Of course I am. Uh, yes. And when I came home from meeting you, I went and got myself a treadmill desk. No way. Cool. I did. You, you blew me away. Absolutely. You were my hero. Exciting. What, uh, what did you get? Um, I actually, hold on. Let me just check the brands here. I'll, you know what? I don't know. It's a glass desk right on my treadmill. And it's, nice. it's been absolutely. But you know what? You do it for seven hours a day. The first day I did it, I did it for four hours and I almost died. Yeah, yeah, Even no, the, you got to start slow. You yeah. Gotta, you know, you got to build up. But look, like any exercise program, you always got to start slow. You know, particularly because you get, you know, you don't want to put too much stress on your knees and your feet. You got to have good footwear. You know, but look, it's the kind of thing, just like diet. 
you know, just like, look, diets never work because by definition, you go on a diet, you go off a diet. No, it has to be a lifestyle. It has to be, I need to figure a way to eat that I can literally eat the rest of my life. So I have to enjoy it. It's got to be convenient. It's got to be, you know, all those wonderful qualities. Same things with, with exercise. You have to figure a way to fit exercise in your day where literally you can do it every day for the rest of your life. Um, you know, I mean, it just would fit into your schedule. Um, and so, look, you got your whole life to exercise. So you just got to find out, tweak, play around. Um, experiment and uh, you know find uh, ways that it's comfortable and enjoyable and um, so yeah for me definitely uh, the treadmill desk I can you know I walk about 17 miles a day um, and uh, and you know I don't even notice it until you uh, reminded me I mean I'm just walking and talking you forget you're even on it yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good at it yet as you are, but it's certainly I, why it spoke to me, and I, I hope people hear this, is that as you said it, I realized that as I, became, um, in, as, I, as I finished my studies and went into the field of psychology, that's when every physical problem I have started. Oh, no. Because I worked in a bar before, and I was uh, standing. The real, yeah. That's where I got my real psychology training, by the way. Uh-huh. But, but when I started sitting... And as I got older, every possible problem that could happen, happened. So obviously, you know, there are dangers to sitting. And you talked about there's dangers of sitting oh, all day. Man. I mean, I sit all day in my job. Yeah, no, there really are. So it's not just inactivity. Um, but sitting in particular um, is associated with increased risk of, of uh, premature death. Even if one then, for example, goes, uh, you know, out to the gym after their desk job, that does not completely wipe out the risk of sitting. We were not meant to sit all day. It does all sorts of uh, blood pools in our arteries, causes dysfunction, uh, interferes with insulin resistance, a lot of bad things. Now, look, if you do have to sit all day, there's lots of things you can do. You can get up and you take frequent breaks, um, get the blood flowing. You can do a standing desk where, you know, literally it's the same thing, but you can just stand. There's some desks that go up and down, so you can sit, you can... Uh, you know, uh, they, 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 you know, so you can sit, take a break, then go back up. Um, uh, so uh, I, uh, yeah, again, uh, that's not going to work for other, other people. Um, but uh, there's, uh, you know, you got to find some way to keep active that's critical for health and longevity. So I just want to clarify one thing with that. So the walking desk, you do seven hours a day. Do you also do a cardio exercise? I remember asking you that, but I don't remember the answer. I didn't until recently, actually, so I- um, because I just couldn't figure out how to how to fit it in. Because um, the only reason I'm getting any uh, exercise is because um, it doesn't distract my work. Right, um, so multitasking. Uh, and, uh, right, um, and that's why before I got my treadmill desk, I wasn't getting any exercise at all. Um, so I was just being a terrible role model for people. But, uh, you know, the same thing with sleep. I don't get enough sleep. Why? Because I find I'm less productive when I'm unconscious. So I got to, you know. Um, so, uh, but uh, I'm getting better both on the sleep front and um, I did uh, start uh, doing cardio. And now what I do is I do what are called burpees. Um, uh, but uh, whenever Horrible I have- things. Any moment. So when if I some things in the microwave for a minute, you know, I can fit it. I you know I can I can do ten right there. Um, uh, you know, or if I'm waiting for, I mean, anything, I can just drop and just uh, get my shoot my sky, shoot my heart rate up. Um, and uh, I'm surprised at how many little little opportunities I have to uh, 
um, to do that. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited that I'm slowly but surely working it into my routine. Well, it was very helpful for me because I guess we have that type A thing in common. And the fact that I can kill two birds with one stone is very appealing to my personality type because I also felt I have too much work to do to get away. So I really recommend that for people. Um, I'm talking fast because I want to get the maximum time. And Dr. Gregor's a busy guy, so he's got stuff to do. I want to ask you uh, two very important questions. After you left the cruise that I was on with you, there was a big debate. Like we had a bunch of doctors arguing about this question. Question. I wish oh. you had been there. Oh, I wish too. Oh, I it was hear about this. it was quite exciting, but but disturbing at the same time somehow Uh-oh. about oil. There oh. was a, so there was a panel, and I think you got off the ship by then. Oh, I wish I yeah. Oh, I, I wish you would have been there. We there needed you bad. Yeah. So what about oil? Is it healthy or not? My husband still doesn't believe me that it's not healthy. I need to hear it from Dr. Gregor. Ah, well, you know, you need to tell your husband that you are always right. Uh, <laughs> tell us, tell us. Uh, yeah, no, no. So look, oil, look, oil, even just on the face, look, oil is processed food, right? I mean, it's the, it's the table sugar of the fat kingdom, right? So you take something like a sugar beet, super healthy food, remove all the nutrition, you're left with table sugar, right? Nice. Um, so same thing with oil. You take like a walnut, super healthy food, you remove all the nutrition, you're left with walnut oil. It has a little vitamin E, a little some of the fat-soluble nutrients, but basically you removed all the fiber, all the water-soluble nutrients. It's like, why would you do that? You just stole all that nutrition from your food. Unfortunately, it gets worse than that. It's the most calorically dense food on the planet. And so there's more calories per unit volume than anything else. So it's very easy to um, uh, get uh, kind of these excess, relatively empty calories and actually uh, may adversely affect our endothelial function. That's the, the function of our arteries, um, the lining of our arteries. And so, for example, after um, uh, even so-called healthy oils like extra virgin olive oil, which actually does, you can smell, see some of the phytonutrients in that oil. So it's not, you know, it, it's less refined than other oils. So still retain some of its nutrition. Even something like that has a um, kind of artery clamping effect literally within hours of consumption um, such that your arteries become dysfunctional, don't work as well, um, uh, and that lasts for about four to six hours, and then all of a sudden lunchtime, and you may do the same thing to your arteries. Again, very similar effect to what you see with animal products. So again, processed foods and animal foods have these adverse effects one way is through this arterial dysfunction, and so ideally we should try to eliminate oil from our diets. Again, doesn't matter what you do on the, you know, on uh, on that cruise. <laughs> uh, as long as you don't do the cruise every month. I mean, no, look, you know, uh, you know, so it's not something to be obsessive about, but uh, in general, on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, we just don't have oil in the house. Right? But look, when we go out to a restaurant, of course they're going to add oil. They're going to add too much salt. They're going to, you know, look, I just, you, you, if you don't have control over your diet, you don't have, you have as much control as you can possibly exercise. You can go to a healthier restaurant. You can choose some of the healthier options. But, you know, none of them are going to be great. But at home, when you have, when you can wrestle power back over your life, and you're, and if you're not dealing with issues in the house where some people eat some things and not others, um, look, you could you could have a completely healthy household. You could have no junk food. You could have no salt shaker. You could have no oil. And if all you have is healthy stuff, if you get hungry enough, you'll eat an apple because that's all you got. I mean, yeah. you're not even tempted because there's. I mean, you can be tempted, but there's nothing you can do about it. 
Right. Uh, look, you're busy, type A. You're not going to run to the store. you got work to do. And yeah. so you'll eat healthy by default. The more we can make healthy options to default, the better. Okay, hey, one more question, and then I'll just shout out a personal thank you to you. Um, I saw a quote uh, online. You never know if a quote is directly from you, but I was curious about this. It was a bit controversial, so I want to check it with you. Um, the quote said that perhaps you may have said that chemo kills all cells and veggies only kill cancer cells. Did Say you that again? The chemotherapy would kill yeah. all cells and vegetables will only kill cancer cells. I, I, does that I, sound right? It doesn't even. It does not make any sense to me. Oh, no, so that's never no something I would say. And what do they even mean by that? You mean like hitting them over the head with a carrot or something? No, I think the I think it, the quote was implying that chemotherapy can is very dangerous because it hurts all parts of our bodies, whereas or our cells and vegetables and a plant based a whole plant based diet really targets. Um, I guess preventing disease? I don't know. You're the doctor. I'm not sure. Well, no. I mean, look. I mean, we have been able to. I mean, so plant-based diet is the only diet ever proven to actually reverse the progression of cancer. In this uh, case, um, uh, early-stage prostate cancer. Um, actually, you know, tumor shrinking, putting people on the same, uh, you know, plant-based diet that reversed heart disease, um, along with other healthy lifestyle behaviors you know, exercise, stopping smoking, etc. So, but actual reversal, just like you got reversal with heart disease. So definitely, but look, when I'm talking plant-based diet, maybe it wasn't just the vegetables, they were eating fruit, they were eating beans, they were eating whole grains, they were eating lots of healthy foods. Um, uh, In fact, the only single food um, uh, cancer progression reversal was actually done with the fruit, strawberries. Um, I have this uh, amazing video about the reversal of the progression of esophageal, the development of esophageal cancer just by eating uh, approximately a uh, pint of strawberries a day. Um, uh, I mean, that is amazing. And so they had these lesions. Um, uh, I think in 82% of the cases, the lesions um, reversed in about half the cases, uh, disappeared completely. This was uh, these precancerous changes in the esophagus. Absolutely amazing. Should have been front page headline news everywhere in the world. But of course, what? There's no strawberry lobby. Who's going to know about this? No one's going to send out a press release. Um, But that was not a vegetable, um, although they're very powerful vegetables um, associated with decreased cancer risk and extended cancer survival like broccoli. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, do you, uh, do, your berries too. Do you believe in chemotherapy though? If someone is suffering with cancer, would you recommend chemotherapy or? Uh, it completely depends on the chemotherapy. There are certain cancers for which chemotherapy is literally a lifesaver, like childhood leukemia, like testicular cancer, absolutely amazing very clear-cut cases where you have a certain type of cancer, we have figured a way where we can wipe it out and you can live a normal life for the rest of your life. And otherwise, um, uh, the cancer is going to spread, um, uh, um, uh, odds are, and you'll die. Um, however, unfortunately, um, for other cancers, um, there may be either no um, survival benefit or a very small survival benefit, and so it's given for given for palliation. Um, uh, maybe it uh, reduces pain if you have you know metastases in the in the in the spine or something. Um, and so these are decisions that one has to make with a doctor. But it's critical that you ask these kind of questions. Wait a second, what is the five-year survival rate difference? between like how long how much more on average will I live if I do this and what are the side effects and they say oh wait a second I'm only gonna live a month longer but the six months I have left are going to be absolutely miserable Um, you know I'd rather live five months 
with a better quality of life potentially and not do the chemo. I think both of those options are entirely um, uh, legitimate depending on your circumstances. If your, you know, your child's graduating in month five and a half and you don't care how sick you want to be, you just want to be there for it, then maybe the chemotherapy is right for you. But you need to discuss this with your doctor. Um, and this should be a, a, a joint decision, fully informed consent. It's your body. You're the one who's going to have to deal with the side effects or the potential beneficial effects. And so you just need to go into it eyes open. Okay, so Dr. Gregory, we'll have you back, first of all, but before we go, I just want to mention the book is called How Not to Die, and I want to also mention your incredible website, nutritionfacts.org, with thousands and thousands and thousands of videos. I go on it all the time when I want to know I get a cold, I want to know what to do. It says, eat kiwi, I eat kiwi. I listen to your studies like the Bible, in my opinion, and I'm sure many others. You are a gift to this world, Dr. Gregor, and I really am so grateful you took the time for me today, and we'd love to have you back to talk about what examples of some foods you eat and so on and so forth. I want to talk supplements. Uh, but just thank you for being the person you are. And, and I want to mention that nutritionfacts.org is a nonprofit website. And those thousands of videos that Dr. Gregor does is just to give everybody the information. That is pretty incredible. So happy to help. Keep up the good work yourself. Looking very much forward to being back on. Thank you, Dr. Gregor. I hope you have a moment to go to the bathroom before your next interview. I don't know about that, but I can hold it. Okay, and I'm going to text you the name of the treadmill desk. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Your life, your health, 
your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Hi, we're back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. That was such an amazing moment and a time with Dr. Greger. Um, I want to explain why I felt this interview was so important and a little bit of why I have asked these doctors to come on the show. So Dr. Greger, as I started the show, spends his life um, going through, again, every issue of every English language nutrition journal looking for groundbreaking science. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have time to do that. Uh, And... When I went on this uh, trip this year uh, that I've talked about on a number of shows, it was called a holistic cruise. Um, what I what bothered me is, I mean, you know, there's many different opinions on what you should eat, and we're all in the same situation. Every week, another article comes out and and tells you that what you thought was good for you is not, and so on and so forth. But what bothered me a lot, and I became determined to get the word out to anyone who listens to my show, is that we're not being given the full information. And it, like Dr. Greger so well said, once you have the information, it's your choice. It's just like he said about smoking. I mean, if you're smoking and you know it's going to kill you and you decide you want to smoke cool no problem um it's your life after all and even if it's our partners or our friends it's their life and i i think it's really important that we don't take it upon ourselves, as i often say in my practice to teach people the error of their ways on the other hand i think it's also very important to get the information out so when i came back from this cruise i went with my husband and he was a little bit more I would say cynical about the whole plant-based, you know, whole food plant-based. I mean, he believes in health for sure, but he kind of felt that, um, you know, he was pretty healthy. And it was interesting what happened is listening to Dr. Greger and Dr. Clapper was on the show and Dr. Bernard, who's coming on the show, and Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who's coming on in um, June, who wrote um, The China Study, which is considered the most comprehensive um, book on nutrition in the world, um, that and the brilliant How Not to Die by Dr. Greger and all these guys, they, they just wrote incredible books. Um, the lectures were so inspirational and the research was so unequivocal. And as a scientist, uh, it's hard to argue with research. So even my husband looked at me and said, okay, we're going to go home and we're going to talk to the kids about this. Now, it's not easy to come home and tell young kids that they're not going to have ice cream because ice cream is made of dairy. I wanted to say that and I want to share that because although it wasn't easy, when we explained our reasons to our kids, they were okay with it. And actually, I don't really find we've ever eaten better. And that's where we're going to get Dr. Greger back to talk about because I what he eats. I think there's an, a sense that eating uh, plant-based would be like living on tofu and, uh, you know, cold vegetables, and it would just be horrible. Now, I mentioned during the interview that I noticed since I went into, you know, I was a bartender. I've talked about that, I think, on my first straight talk for 22 years of my life, which was a standing job. And I was feeling 
pretty good. And I then went into psychology. Uh, obviously, after bartending, it would be a nice segue. And I started sitting and um, the weight started coming on and I started to get lower back pain and, you know, more annoying things than you'd ever want to hear about. And ever since I got this treadmill desk and have changed my diet, I find all those problems are slowly but surely going away. So I did ask these doctors to come on so that anyone who's listening, and I know you're listening from, you know, we, we, we see who listens, and I know there's people listening all over the world, that you have that information. I strongly encourage you to go on Dr. Greger's site, nutritionfacts.org, um, you punch in a health problem you have. You punch in, like I said, I have a cold. Uh, you know, what do I do? And I find out I have to re- eat kiwis. It's extremely helpful. So um, I, I encourage you to check out his information. I'm sure you heard in the interview how dynamic uh, a man and a doctor he is. He, uh, I, I started the interview, and it's true. I want to share with you guys the kind of person he is. Again, nonprofit, his site. Uh, all money goes back. Um, you know, he isn't, sorry, all, there's no advertising on his site. It's purely to inform the public. And I think that takes a pretty remarkable person to do that. After the lecture, me and many, many other people had questions about our own personal challenges. Um, I noticed Dr. Gregor state to answer every single question. And I can tell you on a personal note, and I hope he gets to hear this show that I, you know, I suffered some digestive problems, let's just say. And with his advice, um, I was taking a lot of um, um, uh, medication to help me with that problem. And with his advice, which was nutrition-based, I did not do not have to take any of that. I mean, I'm talking about like Metamucil type of stuff. Again, maybe too much information. But just to make the point that his advice and changing the food that I was eating had an impact on my life immediately. So I started the show with this thought, and I'm going to end the show with this thought. In the upcoming weeks, I'm going to do a few shows on my own about sort of the dream of doing Straight Talk with Sandra Reach, which was to help people live their best lives. So be it nutrition, be it not falling into traps in relationships, be it... um, Uh, parenting challenges, be it anxiety, being it not being able to sleep, and so on and so forth. Straight Talk with Sandra Reich is going to continue to teach you to live your best life. So stay tuned. Keep your eyes on the stars. Write me at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. And again, I said it, but I'm going to say it again. Keep your eyes on the stars because Anything is possible to live your best life. This is Sandra Reich. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.